0: Hello lovelies. You asked for it and so now you're going to get it. Well, at least my version of it. <laughs> Today what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a short series on feminine sexual energy with topics including some kundalini, some sex magic, and even some energy sex trademark Venice Favu. <laughs> I'm guessing that's only funny to me. <laughs> But this is a very interesting topic because I really dove in and found there's not very much material that is incredibly exciting or stimulating or even interesting out there (laughs) in the market. I have found that the literature surrounding male sexuality and male tantra and cultivation practice is abundant in the marketplace. And it's my suspicion, <laughs> please don't hate me, gentlemen, but it's my suspicion that the reason that this is the case is that to be able to engage in these kind of practices, there is a fundamental block, mental block more than anything, or a hurdle if you want to call it that, that men must jump through before they can even begin to start these practices. And the hurdle is the idea that a man can separate his orgasm from his ejaculation. And while it is possible, it is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Manual interventions are required in the beginning anyway, as kind of a training modality. And it can be a little bit awkward. And if you are not in a committed relationship when you start this journey with somebody who's going to understand that you're going to have to intermittently stop the activities and get out your fingers and start pressing on things. And it's all very awkward. (laughs) Then I can see why it is not that common because it really is not, mm, let's say, a graceful undertaking. And so, for men to be able to engage in these kinds of activities and utilize their sexual energies, they have to be able to reach a certain degree of mastery around the prevention of spilling. And so, it is a big deal. And so, there has been a lot of literature written on this. But when it comes to women, one of the things that is most interesting. <laughs> Not only do we enjoy multiple orgasms relatively easily, and I do know there are women out there that may not have experienced a single orgasm, let alone multiple orgasms. But I'm really speaking from my own experience here and that of my girlfriends when we have our little wine and chats So I am going to be really speaking from personal experience here. But from a Taoist perspective, women have an entirely different relationship with sexual energy and their orgasms. And we are going to be getting into this because this is just fascinating stuff. But orgasms aside for a moment, the reason that this subject is so fascinating to me is that it plays with a subject around magic that fascinates me. And I am yet to and have deliberately not given you my definition of magic yet, because in a way, I'm trying to keep that as my prestige, if you will. And in many ways, a lot of the topics that I'm talking about are simply, as I've said before, feeling up the elephant around magic to try to ascertain the full picture of what magic is. And so this whole idea of sexual energy is indeed intimately tied to magic in several ways, but it is also connected to a part of the story that I am very passionate about. And that has to do with the invisible realm. One of the things that is most regretful to me about living in this materialistic prison paradigm, as I call it, is that we seem to have forsaken. The invisible and the invisible includes lots of different stuff. In fact, <laughs> I think I've said this before, but like if you put the entirety of existence on a clock and then carved out about three minutes of it, all that is the material shit, and the rest of it is the invisible shit. And sexual energy is one part. Of that 97%, or how many minutes would that be? Lord, I'm so tired. But... you get the idea. It's the rest of the minutes, right? And so because we tend to stick within our three minutes, we really don't even acknowledge that there is this thing called sexual energy. And so we really don't even begin to explore it. This became very evident to me when I, <laughs> a while back, tried to teach some of the techniques that I had. Mm, let's Say, re remembered utilizing sexual energy, and people weren't even curious. I think it was so far outside their paradigm <laughs> that they didn't even know what questions to ask. And obviously, I had done a terrible job at what I would call shamanizing people into the idea of sexual energy, because if I had shamanized them better, at least they would have had some questions, I would think, right? But it's so alien. It's so alien to most of us. I mean, I'm so glad that I'm so old that I grew up in an era where I had to fumble through my sexuality with my boyfriend. Because there was no porn, or there was no accessible porn, or there wasn't 24 hour a day streaming all kinds of possible porn in the world. And so my first time was this horrible time in the car. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell is this business? I have no idea. But one time, He got really, really sick and he had like a flu or something and he was laying in a bed at a friend's house and there were no parents home and it was all very interesting. And so I basically was kind of essentially um, heavy petting with a semi-conscious male (laughs) and Because he was semi-conscious, he wasn't controlling the situation, he was very passive and I could take the time to explore the energies that were rising within my body. And because I was able to notice them and had the freedom to nurture them, I was able to bring myself to my very first orgasm. In a way, the youthful vibrance of the teenage male (laughs) brings a certain freneticness to the situation. And as a female, you're trying to kind of cope with, well, I was trying to cope with this. should I, shouldn't I, I'm being a bad girl, this doesn't feel right, I'm uncomfortable, is this supposed to feel good, why is he doing that, why won't he do this, and your mind is so full of just garbage that the idea of focusing on anything rather than kind of just getting through it was too much. And so this was a very, very unique opportunity. And there is In was the beginning of a recognition that there are feelings and energies that rise in the body that can be directed, that can be nurtured, that can be utilized. So it was really a blessing for me to have that experience. These days, what young people are being brought up on as instructionals (laughs) Oh Lord, how can you not probably look at these videos and think, oh, is that what sex is supposed to be like? They don't allow for any room at all for internal investigation. It is so much external pageantry and performance and noise and activity and, oh, Lord, I I don't even know what the sex lives of young people are like today. I don't know if I want to know, to be honest with you, if they are modeling their experience and their intimacy on what they see on these videos. Because... The truth is, is that when I have had my most profound and transcendental experiences, they did not look anything like the video porn looks today. If anything, you might think that there was absolutely nothing going on on the outside, but what was going on on the inside was quite a different matter altogether. Now, that being said, (laughs) my journey was really an interesting one. My mother died when I was 17 and it was a huge blow to me and it left a really, really big hole in my heart. And to be completely frank with you, I did not have any idea how to fill that hole up. And so I tried to fill that hole with sex. And I had a lot of sex. And it wasn't until about 27 that I realized that I was using sex to fill in the hole that my mother had left me and that it obviously hadn't worked. <laughs> oh. And but the, the upside was that I had become quite a proficient giver, people enjoyed having sex with me. And I was orgasmic, but I had not really experienced a transcendental kind of situation until I met my husband, Chance Gardner. And it really all began, we had a Shirley MacLaine kind of moment where... Um, we were in a bookstore and we were about to go on our first date, and uh, a book jumped out at us. At us, like uh, they do when you're supposed to get a book, and um, it was Mantic Cheers "Cultivating Male Sexual Energy." And this book was really fantastic. It was a really, it was a really, really thorough book. It was highly enjoyable. In fact, I remember buying several copies (laughs) and giving them away to both males and females as I found it to be so incredibly useful. And that started my journey into trying to find material for uh, my side of the equation. And to be honest with you, I have really only found two Three, three books that I would say were of any value to me. (laughs) One of them is a channeled work, believe it or not. And so that always has it um, some baggage attached with that. Or at least, you know, it's kind of like the proof is in the pudding in this book. So I'm just going to say it's interesting and it's good, but it is channeled. So I'm just going to share that. Another is by a magical author. And there's one chapter in there that talks about females and astrological timing and juices for magical purposes. And I found that to be really Interesting, and I'm not even going to mention the third one because it's embarrassing, but or I might do it later. I don't know. But I bought a book and it surprised me at how uh, useful it was, and I bought it for research purposes only. Let me tell you. <laughs> But anyway, um, so I mean, that's not a lot of books, is it? That's not a lot of books at all to find information beyond what you find in any tantric kind of manual. So I think that going back to what I was saying before, a lot of this is going to draw on my own personal experience of which, as I mentioned, there is quite a lot. I hope it will be useful to you guys. I really, really do. On an ending note, one thing that I think is important to put into perspective here is that my journey into energy sex, Really only began, yes, after I met chance, but also at around the age of 35, 36. And I think that as we age, there is a natural progression of awareness that we swap over from the external to the internal as we age. And now that I'm 20 years on from there, I find that piece of wisdom to be even more relevant today as I find myself spending much more time within than I do without. And maybe it's just because outside is also insane these days. But I'm finding that the journey into the invisible landscape on the inside to be one of the most rewarding journeys. And so my point here is there's different ages and different stages. So if you're 25 and you're not having this great energy set Adventure, then that's okay. Maybe it's not the time or the place, right? So, no judgment, no expectations. And hell, you know, you young people are insanely intuitive and crazy. So, maybe you figured all of this out by the time you were, who knows, 19 or something, right? So, I'm just putting it out there. The other thing that I wanted to say is that I was very, very blessed to have a partner that I. Am able to feel completely free with, and by that I mean all the body stuff, all the face stuff, all the stinky stuff, all the gooey stuff, all the "I'm too fat" stuff, all the all of that stuff does not enter the bedroom. And just like I was explaining about when I was very very young, it's very hard to engage and have the focus. Focus and awareness for the sexual energy journey if your head is just full of muck. Now, solo practice is also a big part of this, but I also have found personally that solo practice doesn't mean that you don't have your head full of muck either. It's not just that the partner is there, it's just us. So understand that there's only so much attention. (laughs) There's only so much attention. And if you're focused on all of the crazy mundane stuff, then it's just going to leave less attention for all the awesomely crazy energy stuff. And it goes back to what Shana was saying when we were talking about magic in the traditional sense, get your mind right. And this get your mind right piece seems to apply more and more to every aspect of reality. And so whatever practice you may have to help clear the path, consider working on it and uh, so that you can have attention to direct where you wish to direct it to because that's only going to help strengthen this exciting journey into female sexual energy. So guys, this was just more of an introduction and we'll get into some really crazy stuff like the Taoist female orgasm perspective, which I said is woo, very exciting and maybe some little energy sex stuff like throwing your consciousness which is one of my favorite things to do or we'll talk about Kundalini and of course we'll get into some sex magic and maybe we'll get even get into this astrological thing that I was talking about that um, I can't remember his name I'm sorry Peter lavender that's it Peter Lavender. <laughs> So why is sexual feminine energy so important now that I've taken you around my tawdry little world? Well, to answer that, I thought I would have one of the most important feminine sexual alchemists of all time. (laughs) <laughs> answer that for us. Explain why she thinks that female sexual energy is so important. And this is from the channeled work I told you about. The book is called The Magdalene Manuscript, The Alchemies of Horus and the Sex Magic of Isis. And Tom Canyon uh, actually channeled this work. So this is what Mary Magdalene says, The church would have you believe I was a whore, but I tell you now that the church is the whore. For she would have you believe that woman is tainted and that sexual passions between a man and a woman are evil. Yet it is here in the magnetics of passion that the womb of ascension is created. Within the school in which I was trained, we learned how to activate the serpent power, moving it in specific paths in the spinal column and opening up circuits within the brain. This created what is called the ureus. The uraeus is often a blue fire that extends up the spine both laterally and horizontally and into the brain, and it undulates with the changes in energy within these pathways. The activation of the uraeus increases the brain's potential for intelligence, creativity, and most importantly, receptivity, for the task of the initiate is to change the quality of one's own being so that the attunement to the bar or celestial soul is clear and unobserved. Hello lovelies, I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Heka. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years.